Hey, yo, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy DJ Pest, a.k.a. The Bad Guy, Grind Culture. You already know what it is. You already know why we here. Across from me, man, I got my guy Breeze in the building. A goat in his own way. What's we're, really good, man? We're, we're chilling, chilling. Yeah, so Happy I, I met you um, at the Merkham's interview. Right. We started chopping it up. Right, a little bit. A little yeah, something. a little bit. I said, wait, wait, let's just say that for the episode. So okay. I brought you in here. Okay. So you know this show, we give away flowers. We're giving flowers to everybody that we see out here grinding. Where, where? So with that being said, the floor is yours. I want to know, how did you get into what you're doing right now? The start, the beginning, day one. Uh, well, music, music. I mean, I always, I do a couple different things. So I, um, I'm into fashion. I got COVID line. I mean, I've always been into getting fly. So mm-hmm. that's like definitely been part of me my whole life. But um, music, I got into music. By accident, really. So. How? Okay. All right. So, um, I'm an athlete. I used to play basketball. So, um, I played ball, like, my whole life. So, when in New York, uh, probably, in, probably in Detroit, too, it, it's, like, certain sectors of the people that always be at the top of the food chain. So, it's the Hoopers, you know, the D-Boys. Yep. And the music people. Yep. You know what I'm saying? DJs always be popping. You know what I'm saying? Certain artists. So, and we always connected with each other, you know, out through high school and then beyond. So, I'm from Queens and I grew up around like DJ Clue. He's my same age. That's my boy. Mm-hmm. And um, a bunch of different hoopers that you'll know. And one in particular was from my hood. This kid named Union. He made beats too. Mm-hmm. So, he was like, yo, Breezy, like, Yo, why don't you try to get my beats the clue? Or, you know, he heard that they was working on Fab's album. They had signed Fab, and then they was working on his album. So he's like, yo, I know you fuck with Clue. I know you fuck with all these niggas. So try to, you know, try to get him some of my beats. I was like, all right, let me see. Let me see what you got. And I listened to his beats, and it was all right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, but I didn't like his presentation. He just had it, like, on a little Memorex, um, you know what I'm saying, CD <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, nah, we got to clean that up. You know what I'm saying? We got to make up some CDs and with some covers and like do it the right way. So I got, you know, my art, art guy to do a cover for him and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And we started like moving, move, putting the CD around. Somehow it landed in the hands of uh, an A&R from, from Sony. So he told us to come in. So we came in. It was like they got this new artist that they trying to work with. And they think that the beats would make sense, so let's you know, let's try to cut a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. So the kid, his name was Steady Rock. Shout out to Steady Rock. He ain't never come out, but he was signed to Epic. I know that artist. You heard you heard him before? I heard of Steady Rock before. Okay. So he ain't never dropped, yeah, but yeah. he was on you know, if you a DJ, you probably got records from yeah, the records. For sure. Epic if Epic sent you Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my man my 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 man Rudy from Epic probably sent you a pack mm-hmm. in the mail <laughs> with his records mm-hmm. in it. <clears throat> At that time, they had NASCAR. They had a couple niggas mm-hmm. over there that never came out. Remember that name? Mm, that's not all familiar. NASCAR. I used to work in radio from like 2001 to 2004, so that's... Around that time. Yeah. Literally, like mm-hmm. around that time. But this is a little bit before that. This is like 2000 mm-hmm. right now. So, um, yeah, 2000. So, we ended up going to Jersey. He's from Patterson, New Jersey. So, we went to Patterson. Um, nah, Elizabeth, my bad. He's from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So we went to go, we went to his crib, 
we brought he brought the my my man Union brought the NPC. We made a he made a beat on the spot. The nigga rap to it on the spot. I never actually saw the process of nobody make a song like that. Somebody make a beat, somebody rap to it, then record it all from beginning to end. Yeah. In hindsight, the song wasn't that great, but the um the whole process intrigued me mm-hmm. of create the creative process and how it all worked. And um, so we leaving, we leaving Jersey. And if you, and if you know anything about Jersey, you know you could go this way to go. You going to New York? If you make a left, you in Jersey City. So I said, "Yo, make a left." He said, "Why?" And I was like, "Yo, nah, cause I got a god brother out here that raps, and I want to hear. I want to hear. He's been saying he rap for years, and I, and we right here. So let's go see what he got." So I went to my. I called my god. I said, "Yo, I'm out here. I'm in Jersey. Yo, where you at?" He said, oh, "I'm over here." He gave me the address. Boom, went to went to where he was at his girl crib. So I walk in the crib. It's nothing in the living room except for like one desk, a little computer, a mic stand, some folding chairs, and that's what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And they had like a, a CD player, right? Yeah. So I was like, yo, give me the CD. I was like, yo, give me the CD real quick. So I put the beat CD on. And I was like, yo, let me hear some shit. So then it starts rapping, right? He's just going crazy. Set up, set up, punch, set up, set up, punch, set up, set up, punch. Mm-hmm. Before I know it, we're six, seven beats in. Mm-hmm. He hasn't stopped rapping, hasn't taken a breath. Yeah. And I was like, what's this? And I had pause on the shit. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is you, <laughs> what the fuck is going on yeah, out here? Yeah. What are y'all doing? He said, yo, man, I tried to tell you before that I rap, and yo, we, I got some songs. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get to New York with my shit. At that very moment, I was in the music business. Mm. I was like, yo, this is the one of the best rappers I've ever heard in my life. And he happens to be my god brother. I said, yo, I'm going to get you a situation. There's yeah. no fucking way. Yeah. Give me some music. Gave me the music. Took it to Queens. Reached out to one of my homies that I went to school with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Cutma- His name is Cutmaster C. He's mixtape DJ. I know you've probably heard of him. Yes. <laughs> so that was, that was my man from school. I hadn't seen him in years at that point. Mm-hmm. Mad years. But I knew how to get in contact with him. So I was like, yo, I, I, I think I called his cousin. His cousin called his sister. His sister called him, gave him my number, whatever. He called me. And I was like, yo, yo, come pull up on me. Mm-hmm. He said, yo, I'm at the mall. I was like, but all right, when you finish, come pull up on me. He came, pulled up. I played a couple freestyles that I had have my godbrother do. You know, you know, you know, he's playing it cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, he played it cool with me or whatever. Um, but I don't even think he was just so happy to see me. I don't think he was really paying attention to what, what I was playing him, like mm-hmm. he should have been. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then like what ended up happening is a, another whole nother situation happened and then we ended up like getting close and cooking up more. Yeah. And then well, once, artists. no, me and me and me and Cutmaster C. Yeah. So once we kind of fell into fucking with each other more tougher, mm-hmm. then he started re- he started really hearing what I, what was going on. Yeah. He ended up putting. I'm I'm gonna take the suspense out. My god brother is Joe Budden. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So so now. Yeah. So now. <laughs> This is before Joe Biden had his mixtape run. Yeah. This is the beginning of it. 
So, Cutmaster C put two two freestyles in a song. He put out a double CD. Mm-hmm. That double CD ended up on Taylor the Tape and the Source, and they didn't know who the fucker Joe Budden was, but they had the honorable mention him in a print. Yeah, he said an artist Joe Budden had two whatever he, whoever listened they were impressed mm-hmm. because that was his first time on a fucking mixtape. He got mentioned. By the source yep. for yep. what it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fire. So yeah. it was that crazy. So, you know, I showed Joe. He was fucking hype. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yo, shit is happening like that. I'm like, oh, just slow down. I mean, we working, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Really? You know what I'm saying? How far are you into the game at this no, point? No, no. This, I'm, I'm just getting. This is like, this is like the first This is the beginning. This yeah. is the beginning. This yeah. is like. But, you know, I know people. Mm-hmm. People know me. People respect me. So that's always a good start. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm a smart dude any old way, so I ain't gonna, it ain't gonna take me long to figure it out. Yeah. So once I started moving around, and then and then um, it was a spot. If you ever had mixtapes, if you ever heard a Clue tape, yeah, I heard if you ever you. heard Clue tapes, he always shout out Al and Sports and Effect. Al, Sports and Effect. You probably didn't really realize, realize he shouts out Al, Sports and Effect. That was Al's my man. Mm-hmm. Sports and Effect is a store in the Coliseum Mall in, in Queens. Mm-hmm. And it's where you get all the fly shit. Like the iceberg sweaters yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's my, I was my man. Mm-hmm. But it's all happening in Queens, though, right? This all happened in Queens. Yeah, this is all Queens, okay. So, all this is happening in Queens. So, I knew Al fucked with Clue because Clue used to drop tapes over there. Mm-hmm. So, I, and, you know, I hadn't, seen, I hadn't seen Clue in years. And I was trying to get at Clue. But Clue was so big at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was hard to get at him. Obviously, yeah. This is after the Hard Night Light tour. This is like, this is prime clue. This is prime clue. Yeah. I mean, to cut you off, but was he really pulling up in the hood and different color benzes every yeah, other well, day? Well, yeah, but nah, it was like that. Niggas, he was the nah, first nigga, one that was like really the first DJ that was pulling up and. Nah, it was it was like it was like that. It was like yeah. that. It was like that because that's the Diddy intro off the professional. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. It's like that. Yeah. So. Like seriously, it was like that. So you know, and and it wasn't always just his car. Like everybody had cars in the crew, yeah, so niggas yeah. switch cars up. But whatever the case is, you we know, money. It's, it was his situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like cool situation is the one that had everybody eating yeah. around him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, and then he had some, you know, he had some, you know, muscle around that had money, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but for the most part, it was his situation that everybody was eating off. Mm-hmm. He had a real, they had a real thing going. You know what I'm saying? A movement. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, I can't, I can't never front on it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and he was hard. He was hard to, hard to get. You know, get, get at. Naturally, he should be. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we kind of went around him. So this is where it come, where it changed, where where um Joe's production company came into play. It was these two dudes. Um, they were trying to start a production company, Web and Nitty. You might have heard those names. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they was trying to start a production company. Nitty, I knew most most of them for a long time because he played ball. Web, I knew through my man, White Chocolate, mm-hmm. but not really like that. Mm-hmm. But just from the hood. Yeah. They started a production company called On Top. Okay. They they heard the mixtape that Joe was on. The two freestyles in the song. Yeah. Who the fuck is that? He's fired. Yeah. 
oh, that's Joe Budden, that's whatever. Okay, boom. We need to hear more music. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we told Joe, boom, give me a demo. Let's have a meeting with these guys. Mm-hmm. They, we had the meeting. They, they was deciding on it, whatever. Probably took them two days and they came. It was Joe and Joe's producer. Joe's producer, his name, they call him Dub B, but he's white white boy for mm-hmm. WB. Mm-hmm. So W was his producer and he was Joe. And so they ended up giving both of them $10,000 each in cash and signed them to a production deal. And then it was gonna, you know, use Clue because Webb was the president of Clue's label. He was the president of Desert Storm. So yeah. they was gonna use Clue, which which also they had DJ Envy signed to Desert Storm at yep. the time. Remember that? Yeah, because that's the Black Party album that he came out exactly. with. Exactly. So mm-hmm. they had Envy signs. So we had. So now we got Cutmaster C, Clue, and Envy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all got the whole. You got everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's real easy to push Joe. Yeah. So now we rolling. By All Star Game of the next year, coming into the next year, Def Jam we wanted to sign him. Okay. So this is probably October, November, December, by February. Yeah. No, beginning of February is when the All Star is around Valentine's Day. Yeah. He was getting. He, he was about to get signed. Mm-hmm. When the album? When the album come out? Like that was that years, summer, like, a couple right? years later. That couple was a couple years, years later. later. Yeah, yeah. A couple years. Well, because this is still two thousand. Yeah, this is going into two thousand. Yeah. So two thousand three is when the yeah, album. Yeah, you're right. You're right. When the album came out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had drop, drop. That was on NBA Live. Uh, NBA 2K, mm-hmm. NBA Live. No, I know, I know, I remember. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Job Job was on NBA Live, and yeah. we had a couple songs that was like whatever. Our first big, big record that that hit radio was Focus. I, I wanted to say that, but I felt like I was going to be wrong. Focus, Focus was Focus. the record, yo. I remember it was on Block Party. It was like number two yeah. or three. Focus. Yep, I remember Focus. That was, our, that was a crazy yeah. song, man, that... And sh- um, shout out to Funk Flex. He really helped us with that record. Shout out to DJ Enough. They played it a lot. Um, uh, who else? Um, the whole them, city is behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but them like, two in particular, yeah. really, really, really. Was, was was Funk Flex dropping bombs back then like that? Yes. It's always drop bombs. Okay. I, just, I always wanted to ask that. The reason why I'm able to relate to you and what you talk about as a as a kid. So 2000, I was in the eighth grade. 2001, I was in ninth grade. Right. But as I was growing up, I wanted to be a DJ since maybe seventh grade. I was everything New York did. I wanted to do everything. Like that's why I know about the Block Party. Yeah. That's why I know about like the whole Rockefeller Star, all of that. So it's just like it's crazy talking to you because it's like I'm living my, like my childhood through what you're telling me right, right now. Right, and I was. I was there for everything. Yeah, so like, yeah. when I was a kid, I when I was a young kid, Sucker MC mm-hmm. was the record mm-hmm. from Run DMC. Mm-hmm. That was the record, and then you know we knew that we knew it word for word. That's the first rap I ever learned word for word. Um, and then like I grew up with hip hop. I literally grew up with it. But that's that's what I want to ask you. That New York hat is not coming off. It's strong. How do you view music now? You're from the Mecca. No, but I understand music evolves. And I understand music genres change and different things happen and and um I respect all all different types of music. It's been all like that or you just had to just No, like, no, like, I never like like when I, when when AT Aliens dropped, 
I was fucking with that. Was was your city fucking with that though? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But I I had the I had the um I had I had family in South Carolina. So my dad lives there, so I had a different vantage point on it. I went to South Carolina South Carolina Orangeburg, that's where South Carolina State is. Mm-hmm. And I went to homecoming and it was around the time that dropped. Yeah. And there was nothing playing but that. Yeah. And I seen the energy and I seen what it was doing. Mm-hmm. I said, Wow. Nothing moves like this in New York. I don't give a fuck what it is. This really? Is, no. Niggas okay. is too cool in yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They not moving like how they got these niggas. These, they going crazy now here for this shit. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me a different type of appreciation for it. So back to where you at, what, so Joe Button is, is good now. Yeah, well, he, well he's, he's, you know, he's coming. No, no, I, yeah, I mean, in this time, like we're, we're still in the 2001, 2002, Focus yeah, just yeah, dropped. Yeah. What's, what's your move? Like, what you on? I like, was there. You know, I was just, mm-hmm. you know, shit, you know what I'm saying? Niggas was looking at me like, okay, who, who else can you get? Mm-hmm. That's a good one for one, Joe Budden. You know, yeah. He really raps. Yeah. So, like, so I was trying to, like, fucking see what up with different artists and shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody was, like, really... Worth, worth, worth shit. You know what I'm saying? It was a couple niggas that was all right. But Joe's a real tough act to follow. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. So with that being said, where are you? Like, so what do you do? Because clothing is what you got into. Was yeah, that, no, that was later. That was later. So what, musically. When I came here. So um, that was later. I, I just, you know, I was just, I was around. I was part of the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just, I was really helping cut Master C more. Mm-hmm. His shit, you know, um, moving around with him, you yeah. know, fucking dropping mixtapes, doing that type of shit. You know, met a bunch of other DJs, met, you know, just being in that mixtape world, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a world all of its own. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there was a, there's a me, yeah, there's a me um, for everybody. Like, every DJ has a person that will go run around, chase their money down. Um, do yeah. that shit, deal with consignment, yeah. deal with different shit like that, yeah. help with stores, all that kind of shit. To this day, you think? There's think, no mixtapes no more. That, and that's why, listen, over here we talk about this music industry. Do you think, think mixtapes are dead? Mm-hmm. That sucks, man. For the I most part. Every time I'm expecting one person, like, no, nah, they good, fam. Mix no, 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 mixtapes is done. Why are they dead? Because it's so much, it's because the access to music is different. Mixtapes, mixtapes was the blog. Mixtapes was the, was the way that people got the music. Now we got streaming platforms. We can get music any kind of way. We got that piff. We got whatever live mixtape. Nobody's fucking copying no CDs. So when you heard uh, Tyler the Creator album, did you listen to it? No. What do you know about it? Uh huh. So when you see that DJ Drama is hosting his album, yeah, that doesn't make th- you feel like oh we got no we got one or no. Um, he has a whole tape right now mm-hmm. that just came out. When was that? November. Yeah, November. Exactly. That's hosted by DJ Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And before that, I and, had another one. I was 24, but I was a little younger. But at that time, it's still, it's still DJ Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is Nas's DJ. This is DJ. This is the legendary mm-hmm. D, mm-hmm. legendary DJ Green Lantern, right? Green Lantern. Shout out to Green Lantern. That's my guy too. Um. He. He was the DJ for 
arguably three of the top five rappers of all time. Yes, that's a fact. But when you hear the mixtape, does that change anything? Jay and Nas. Mm-hmm. I know that. You know what I'm saying? But when he's hosting a mixtape, do you it like, oh, feels, this feels, it has a different feel. Yes. Okay. But it doesn't mean that mixtapes are alive. It means there's a, there's, that's a project that feels more like a tape. But it's still, it's, yeah, mixtapes are gone. You tackled the right crowd with DJ Green Lantern hosting mixtape. Be out of here. It's it's a it's a real touchy touchy but you, topic. You need a legendary. You need a, like I say. You need a legendary DJ. You need a drama. You need a clue. You need a Greenland. You need somebody mm. like that to co-sign it and talk on your shit. And then that shit does maybe it'll do something if you're going for that feel. I, I I mean I respect it. It's just that I remember when I heard Tyler the Creator. I remember I push play, and I just push play because it was on the spot. You know how it's on the Spotify, Apple, like this is what's new. I would have never pushed play if I just didn't have nothing else to listen to. I push play. As soon as I push play, I hear drama. Now, kids, I would say probably that's, you know, 2,000 babies have no idea what I just heard. But as soon as I heard, I was like, that's drama. So now I'm like, oh, turn this up. So I don't know if it helped. I don't know if it was a passion project. Or was that a marketing thing? Because Drama's name is not nowhere on it. You might see it in, when you look for the credits. But it's not like DJ Drama hosted my man's album. But I remember listening to it thinking like, damn, this might bring that essence back. Because I mean, what, what if what if Lil Wayne just decides out of nowhere, I'm going to drop one, I'm going to put it on streaming platforms. You know what I'm saying? Like that might change it. If more artists, more of the big name artists bring it and put it on Spotify and put it on Apple, it might change it. I'm going to say wishful thinking. But okay. <laughs> I, I just don't want mixtapes to be in the crypt, man. I don't want them to be dead. That yeah. is so sad to see because there's so many, like, from where we're coming from. I'm 35, 86 is when I was born. Mixtapes raised me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but um, Dat Machines aren't on around um, um, eight tracks. Where does that put you? You're a manager now, and you, you've been through so much with, you know, you've seen, you've seen the game basically from... First hand. Yeah, first hand. Where does that put your artist with the relationship with the DJs? Like now what are you expecting from a DJ? I'm um, just support. How 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 can a spin DJ it, you, whatever I'm, your platform spin, spin me on your platforms, whatever your platform is. It's not a mixtape anymore. So maybe it's the club, maybe it's whatever you got going on. Maybe you're on Twitch or Switch or whatever. All right. So doing. how do records <laughs> when you when that when that single drops, your artist got a single that's ready to be put out. What are you looking for? Like, I understand you're saying support, but, like, there got to be one thing that you're looking for specifically, right? I want you to spend my shit in the club in your, in your mix. All right. So, do you believe that? So, how many times? What does it take to break a record? That, I think that's what I'm trying to ask you. It takes a DJ to break a record. But what's the yeah. process for the DJ? Because you, you've seen this firsthand. You've seen them on vinyl. You've seen them on cassettes. You've seen them on mix CDs. Now you're seeing them on laptops. DJs playing your record, bringing that shit back, playing it again. Really fucking with your record for real. Yeah, and they gotta talk over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and really, and really get get the crowd's attention when they playing it. So is that a is that a mixtape DJ? No, that's a DJ. DJ. <laughs> well, the reason why I asked that because it's just so it's so messed up. The only reason I'm saying it now, I'm on Facebook, I'm on all these outlets, and people are saying like DJs are scared to break records, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's a whole batch of us that still break records. What are you talking about? So then he had me question, like, well, maybe I'm not breaking the record the right way. What am I not doing where people are questioning 
is DJs okay, breaking so, records. So the new mixtape mm-hmm. per se is the playlists. Okay. Now, if you can get a pop and playlist, once yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you know how this shit goes. Yeah. You get a pop and playlist on one of these motherfucking um, DSPs, mm-hmm. and you get a pop and playlist, you become what that thing is that you're looking to be. I threw up a little bit inside my mouth because it's just so sad hearing that. But I understand it. I understand it. It's just every time I get somebody across me in this couch, I'm going to ask them how they feel about mixtapes. Because I'm in my mind, I think I, I might. I, mixtapes, mixtapes, I came from mixtapes. I know. that's. Yeah. I literally came from mixtapes. Yeah. So I understand, like, I understand, like, you probably nobody else you're going to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I can be honest about it. Yeah. And I can say if mixtapes... If mixtapes was that thing, I would be managing a couple mixtape DJs right now, and I'd be going crazy with them. Yeah. When it ain't, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Okay, so you're doing your thing in music. Music is lit. You mm-hmm. in New York? Mm-hmm. You in AZ now? Yeah. So what happened was, um, Joe, what Joe was in a situation. The album, album didn't do what we thought it was gonna do. And Joe was like at a crossroads in what he was gonna do. Which album? The, the first one? first album. Okay. So we were projected to do two hundred and fifty thousand first week. We did ninety something, ninety four or something like that, first week. Um, which is someone does ninety something thousand records right now. That's a fucking. And goes. Yeah. That's a good fucking yeah, week. Yeah. But back then, that, yeah, was, that wasn't shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially with Pump It Up playing at the fucking everywhere. Pump It Up was everywhere, for real. Mm-hmm. You couldn't escape Pump It Up. Mm-hmm. You couldn't Pump It Up. So, we had a record that was that big. I think it was number two in the country or some stupid shit. Pump well, It Up? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> two or three. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, mm-hmm. it was that big. And... um for our, that for our first week to do that, it was like we didn't even understand why. And um, so, and then it was like a lot of different shit. Um, we had a record with one twelve, and then the, they switched them off and put Luda on it. Then we had a song that's it was we had a song called Fire with Busta Rhymes. Yeah, I'm hip. And Little Kim had a song uh, with Mr. Cheeks, and it almost was like mm-hmm. the same kind of record. So mm-hmm. they were playing that more than our record. Mm-hmm. It was like, you're a DJ, so you know about all the shit. I know about it. So um, it was a bunch of weird shit that happened. And then Joe had like a problem. He had like pile-ups on his um, vocal cords. So we had, he had to chill. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't take shows because he was trying to rest his voice. And that, that ended up being a problem. So there's a lot of different shit was going on behind the scenes that nobody fucking knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's got, you know, a lot of underlying problems anyway mm-hmm. that are well documented. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So he was going through different shit with that. You know, he gets depressed, like all types of shit. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to figure out my my own situation. So I ended up coming out here. My brother said, "Yo, come out here, man. This is this shit is right for the taking for you, man. For what you do and all the shit, like." It was in MySpace was first fucking starting up. Mm-hmm. So I got out here and um, I was on Clue and Fabulous and Joe Button's Top Friends. Mm-hmm. So that made me a fucking celebrity here mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. As soon as I landed here, it was like, who the fuck is he? Mm-hmm. 
Isaac Moniz got his top friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, and that was when top friends was the thing, like. Mm-hmm. So, like, once I got here, I was, wow, that's Bryce Breezy. He's on their top friends. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever. You do your research. You find out who I am. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I dabbled in music out here. Um, I was fucking with an artist named Khalid. Mm-hmm. Um, he went by Ocean at the time. And he was fire. He's still fire. FGK. So, um, you know, we was doing our thing. Some shit happened, and we stopped. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I was kind of messing with music, but not really. I didn't really seriously get back into it. I fucked with Kylie one more time for a while. Then, then we split up, and then I started fucking with him. Mm-hmm. When, when is this? What year? Can you say who him is real quick? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I started fucking with Charles Hyder, who's who's mm-hmm. to the right of me right yeah. And um, what year was that that we started, we started cooking? Um, what year was the Masterpiece Showcase? Remember the Masterpiece Showcase she was judging in? And Mesa? At the Arizona Event Center? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that was like 2016, 17. And Arizona Event Center is in Mesa, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that one, right. So, wow. Nah, I couldn't have been. It had to have been no, because when, it was when I it did Plug City. It was a Showcase. No, no, I'm Doing talking about Plug City. Had just, I had just started Plug City. Mm-hmm. I started Plug City in 2000, it was 2016. Because I started Plug City in 2015, October. I was mm-hmm. a fan of y'all before I actually linked up with you. No, that, that was, but that was 85, like but that was 85, like the 85 Fresh. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Oh, you, it was a different company, different brand? I, yeah, yeah, I, did, I was doing 85 Fresh first, and then 85 Unlimited was like a brand off of that. Um, if you was out here in 2014? 13. 13. So you seen niggas with the V shirts on. Yeah. You seen that, and you seen, different. that was my brand. Mm-hmm. So, um. But that was some shit I was doing with Khalid. So once we stopped doing what we were doing, I, I started focusing on a, dip, a different brand. Yeah. And I like telling this story. So this how this went. I'm going to tell this story how, how Breezy, because he came on me on some arrogant Queens nigga shit. And I was only, what, 21 at the time, because we was working on the Green Lantern, my first Green Lantern tape for about a year and a half. And I met you like two, like a year and a half before that. So, and I met, and we had dropped that tape at 24. So, so let's say two years. I was about 22, just be, like just out of 22, going to 20. I mean, just out of 21, going to 22. So they had the um the masterpiece showcase or whatever. The No Limit had all the A and R's and all that stuff out. That's when they first signed um Slug. Yep. And they had everything going on. So they brought them out or whatever. They watching us perform, and that's when I was in the collective. We was going to try to do the whole West Coast Wu-Tang thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it was about six of us. Shout out to my brothers, too, Imperial Collection. That's still, that's, that's still my clique. That's who I roll with. But we get on stage, right? You know, and I'm the youngest. So like I said, I'm like 20-something at this time, and all of them, they're, they're about 24, 25, so they've been out here a little longer. And like I said, I was, when I came in, I was from Louisville, and I kind of rapped a little different. I rapped more like what I seen growing up, like mm-hmm. more of a down south, Midwest, like real struggles. So that kind of clicked, you know. So it was always like, this is the little nigga that can really, like, if don't nothing happen, we're just going to push this little nigga. So we get to the um, the Masterpiece Showcase. He's sitting out front. Um, John Blaze was up front. Justin was up front. They all judging the shit. Like, they all judging everything. 
And um, who's the other? It was another dude from um, No Limit. He was out there, the one that used to do like their main A and R shit. Mm-hmm. We go out there, and instead of just being like, you know, the smartest move would be let's put our two best artists out there because there's six of us. Mm-hmm. They like we don't want to overwhelm them, whatever. Throw us all out there. So we was, first we was like we didn't put three of us out there, and then that just didn't work out. Like it was like fuck you know egos. We was like no, nah, we all want to be on stage. So we all do the we do like a little three four four um four song set. We get to the fourth song. My guy pulled me aside. He was like no, we need you to do a single and end the show the right way. Like just just do it because I'm I'm a natural performer. Yeah. Like I like I like performing. Halfway through the song, I'm in the crowd, like literally, we are, the stage this high, I'm, I jump, boom, wireless mic, I'm in the crowd, I'm mosh pitch, mosh pit, and got everything going crazy. The whole crowd, like when it was over, with the whole crowd was like, who the, who the, who was this? Like what just happened? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like literally, I'm on the stage, I'm like, I was hype, I was a little drunk at the time too. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm on the mic, I'm on the mic. He was right there, I'm on the mic. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him, all I knew him, I was like. I remember I used to hit this nigga like, yo, man, I want to be the um the Memphis Bleak. You feel me? You got Khalid. You feel me? That's Jay. You got you. You yeah. dame. Yeah. Just let me be the Memphis Bleak. You know, yeah. I know that. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Let me be that little dude. We, we was moving different. We had, yeah, we had bro. big they, Rolexes yeah. and like, bro, it was different, bro. But that's how I rapped at the time. Yeah. And I couldn't find nobody out here that could support what I was doing. You know, I was, like I said, I'm from Louisville. So I seen a bunch of shit. I moved out here when I was 16, 17. So I grew up seeing a bunch of things. So when I'm rapping about this shit, then I come in contact with him and Khalid. And I'm like, this thing Khalid is just different. Fast forward to the show. I rock the show. Like, we get to our last song. My bro pulled me aside. He was like, yo, we just going to put your single song on. Just, just bring the crowd back to life. I killed the show. The last set, I'm in the crowd going crazy. Boom, boom, boom. I literally walked off the stage. I threw the mic down. The whole crowd was like, whoa, whoa. Breezy must have called me somewhere chilling on the side. He was like, he's, bro, he's a real Queens, like, aggressive, like, don't got to so know on, you. What did he say to you? This dude said, what are you doing? I'm thinking he finna be like, yo, you killed the, he said, what are you doing? I said, I just performed, what you mean? He said, there was six niggas on stage, and why did the whole crowd only notice you? And that's no shade to my dudes, mm-hmm. but I'm just a natural performer. I was like, I don't, those was my dudes. He was like, yo, give me a call. And this is what I knew Breezy was who he was. On some real shit, I took my pops. And me and my pops, like, we don't talk every day, but I know my dad, you feel me, got knowledge. So I say, yo, pops, I just met this dude Breezy. I've been a fan of they movement for a while. He wants to sit down and talk about how he can push my um, career further. I could have easily went over there at Breezy, like, yeah, you feel me? And I was like, nah, I feel like this could be something big. So I called my pops up. Me and my pop, you remember that night? Yeah, me and my dad drove out to his house. My dad was like, hey, go outside. You feel me? This is when I was like, like I was like 20 years old. I was like still young type shit. I came, my dad came out like an hour later, like, that's who you need to be with. I still, like, he don't, I don't know if he remember what they talked about. My dad never told me what they said. I was just sitting out front. My dad came out like, I trust him. Yeah. And ever since then, like. I've had times where I've been deleted him out of my bio because I didn't agree with what he was saying. Two months later, that's what he was saying. I had to hit him up like, my bad, big bro. My bad. He's like, yo. Well, Willie stuck with me one time, and I'm going to cut it short. No, you good. Go ahead. I'm going to cut it short. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, man, I, I, I know you feel me. I be trying to do everything on my own. I don't hit you up. When I need help, I try to do it myself and do it and it don't come out how it's supposed to be. 
This nigga said, yo, go look at my bio real quick. And this is like, we haven't talked for like three months. Mm-hmm. He said, go look at my bio real quick, right now. I looked at my bio, I looked at his bio. First name I see, boom, Breezeway Management. Merkham's Charles Hyder. He said, bro, I've never not That's fucked real. with you. That's real. You just gotta come, like, I got whatever you need, just reach out. And I was so into my head, like, nah, you know, I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna show Breezy. And Breezy was like, just tell me what the plan is, and I'm gonna get it done. And I ain't gonna lie, the last year, the last six months, last year and six months, I've been really tapping in with my big brother, my OG, like, this is what I need. It could be something small. My, I need t-shirts, man, I need this. And he's, like, the first one, like, two days later. And I had to realize, yo, like, it's not about me, bro. It's mm-hmm. a team. Mm-hmm. And I can't do this by myself. So it's like, that's why I go back to him just being who he is. It's never changed. Came at me the same way. Talked to me aggressively. Don't care about how I feel because he know it's real. Nigga said, yo, what are you doing? I said, I'm in a, I'm in a group. I just performed. Yeah. Nigga said, yeah, but it was six of y'all on stage and the whole crowd noticed you. Like, what do you like? It's so funny that you're talking about that because was this in the back room or was this on the main stage? When we were doing a, when, when he, you were performing, he, were you in the back room? It was like two stages that night. No, we were on that main stage. Like I'm looking at. Was John, you on the stage? Master P performed on. Yes, I'm looking at Ma- Master P wasn't out there. You know how they go. They back. No, the reason the reason why I'm saying this mm-hmm. is because I have you on camera. That show. I have you on camera. That show. That show. That when it was me. I'll show you when we get done. Yo, and I remember I jumped in the crowd and Breezy pulled me aside like, "You are the one. Mm-hmm. What are you? You should not have one verse." It's crazy how small, and, like how small the world. I was, made, there, I was there seeing that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I left. I left mm-hmm. that show. And I'm gonna cut a show right here. I left that show. And like I said, me and my pops always had an up and down relationship. That was the one moment I called him and I was like. Forget what we going through. This is some career stuff. I need you to really talk to yeah. this man because I don't personally know him, but I'm a fan of their movement. But I'm I just me personally, I just didn't want to jump around and be no coattail nigga. Like yeah, I want to be a little bro. Like I was like, no, I want my my pops. I trust my pops. And I know Breezy is a real solid one. He's not gonna sit up there and facade. So when my dad came out, and the first thing my dad was said, "This who you need to be with." Mm-hmm. So how did that how did that go with the group? We was cool because what it was is we was on some Wu Tang collect. We was on some Wu Tang shit. So it was six of us. We was called Imperial Collection. So we had six artists. We had a singer. We had like dudes that did melodic music. Dudes that did rap. But I really stood out and did a real hip hop because, like I said, I'm from Louisville. So I had real stories to tell to where people was like, I don't. They didn't understand it, but they was like, he can't be. He has to be telling the truth. So it kind of popped out a little more and I'm the youngest in the crew so it made sense like they'll mm-hmm. go out we'll go out and we'll do it like three songs and it'll be a cool but then they'll be like yo we need that but solo. what I, I want to always ask people uh, I'm gonna ask Breeze too when why did how did you end up in Arizona back then I understand why people come to Arizona now yeah yeah yeah, yeah, but yeah. what got I'm you gonna, to Arizona back then and it'd be funny when I tell people this is like it's literally um a boys in the hood story mm-hmm. um I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, like the West End, Victory Park area, and just, just no, no hood is worse than any other hood in America. Like when yeah. I moved to Arizona, I realized that I thought we got busy in Louisville. They get busy the same way out mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. They get busy the same way in Chicago. The same. So I had to get that mindset. Like, now I'm from Louisville. Now I'm from 
this is where we really go down. So when I finally kind of, no, so my pops, I was getting in trouble. My mom said my pops at like, I was 16, no, I was 15. It was after my it was after my freshman year. I did high school in Louisville. My freshman year came around and I told my mom some real shit. I've never really like said this in the interview. I told because all my brothers, you know, they get down in the streets and they make money, but they've always only been two or three, three, four years older than me, so I can see it right there. So I told my moms one day after my freshman year, I was like, yeah, mom, I, I'm not I'm not going back to school next year. And my mom's in the church after, like, she was on drugs, but she got her mind together. She got in the church, and she was like, what do you mean you're not going back to school? I was like, to be honest with you, I'm seeing everything that's going on in the streets. I'd rather just make a little money and help out type shit. And that's one thing I love with my moms. With my, all my other brothers, she accepted it because of where we was at that time. But when it got to where I was, she said, all right. Then she figured out how and got into contact with my pops like two weeks later. And my, I, I give this to my pops. My pops a real nigga. He was living here in Arizona because he, uh, he was in the military. So he had a house set up out here and everything. He came back in two weeks. It was like he, he drove back to Louisville and was like, all right, I'm here to get my son. So I moved back to Arizona my sophomore year. Moved to Arizona my sophomore year, and then it was just like just growing up out here. Feel me? So I was able to confuse, um, and not confuse, but infuse growing up in Louisville, really going through that shit, going through elementary, middle yeah. school, high school. And then when I got here, I came into my own man. But basically what it was, my pops went to, my mom's went to my pops and was like, I can't handle him no more. He said he's not going back to school. He's about to mess up. And I was, I was lucky that my dad had a little knowledge. You know, my dad's from Chicago. He went through some stuff when he was younger, but he came out, you know, he's Muslim now, and he got, so he got a little knowledge on him. Mm -hmm. So he came, and he was like, I'm going to come get my son. So he brought me out here to Arizona. And when I was 16, I was going on 17 after my sophomore year. And then after that, it was just just living life, just, just where I was at, yeah, yeah. you know. Now, me, me getting here, like, I was just, I just needed a change. I was about to turn 30 that January. Mm -hmm. So this is the summer, summer of, summer of four. I, my, I graduated that year. So summer of four, yeah. I got here, yeah. and um, it was hot. To, yo, when, when I got off the plane, and that heat first hit me, just, man. It was like nothing. It was like stepping into like a dry sauna. Mm -hmm. It was the craziest thing ever. I was like, damn, it's so hot. But why did you pick Arizona? Why was my Arizona? My brother was here. Oh, okay. Um, my, my brother passed away um, the first day of this year. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in it's peace. Big Queens. Yeah, big Queens. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, yeah. He's around my neck mm -hmm. right here. It's my brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, he was here. He's been here since 99. I came out to visit one time. Probably like 02. Some sort of 01. Maybe that. Yeah, probably 02. Because 01, it was crazy with flying. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Well, actually, no. Because before, <laughs> that happened to September. So I came out. It might have been summer 01. Yeah. Before 9 11, obviously. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm thinking it was. Summer '01, mm -hmm. I came out to visit. It was cool. Um, I never thought about living here though at that time. And then later he was like, "Yo, man, this shit is cake out here." But he's like, "Come, you should come. 
to really come out here because I was living in Jersey for a little while. Um, I had left New York, and um, I never thought I would not not live in New York. But I was living in Jersey, and I was comfortable in Jersey. So I was like, yo, and then and then I was thinking about how much I hate winters and snow and salt and all the shit that we go through. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In winter. Mm-hmm. So I said, like, you know what? There's no winter. That's how they got me. It's like, yo, there's, there's never snow there. There's no salt. There's no shoveling. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's none of that shit happens ever. Yeah. So I was like, for real, never? I was like, word. So I was like, all right, I think I'm going to try it. But when I, I was thinking about going to Atlanta, but then, it, you know, that still kind of snows a little bit down there. So, super shit. so I was like, and then when, you get, when I go to Atlanta, it's like I'm back in Queens. It's like so many Queens niggas down there. It's crazy. So like I'm not running, leaving Queens to, to go, go to Atlanta yeah. and be around a bunch of same people. Yeah. So I ended up coming out here, and I never left, man. That's that's an amazing story because with you being in music, with you being from New York, um, I know you've seen, you've seen this this city just grow. As, yeah, just grow. So what was that like? Man, it's it's been dope. It's been dope to see how things grew. And but was it a culture shock to you when you moved out here and saw that it really wasn't a hip hop scene? But it was. It was. So you moved here in two thousand four, and it was it a hip hop scene. Hip hop scene. You had DJ M Two, Carly Hustle was out here. At uh-huh. the time. I'm familiar with the names. Um, you had you know Power ninety ninety two. Mm-hmm. They moved in ninety eight, but mm-hmm. and they had they had some things going on over there. You know what I'm saying? They um, and then you know it, it was every every concert comes here, everything comes here. Back even back then. Yeah, everything. You know, it's, Phoenix is fifth largest city in the it's, country. It's so it's it's a telling story because when I when I decided to move out here, radio told me go to AZ, and I'm like, are you serious? Like are you dead ass? And then like, yeah, go to AZ. It's wrong. But the whole time they were like, it's a D market. It's a D market. Before before they told me to go, like, so so why are you telling me it's a D market? Then telling me to move there. Then, like, if you move there, it's going to be right. So I moved here, but as I came here in 2013, there's things. I watched the freeway get built. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never seen that. That's, the light rail, too. Yeah. Like, all these things that just what we call normal back in the Midwest and the East Coast is, like, new here. Like, everything's behind. Yeah, that's 202. That wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't there. Yeah. So I'm just, like, where? so with all these things not being here, where was hip-hop at that moment? No, nah, nah, it was a hip-hop scene. Definitely was a hip hop scene. They had like um, different hip hop nights. They had a bunch of shit. That's a. I, I um, wish I could. I could have felt that. They had that. like a lyricist lounge type shit. They had a bunch of shit out there. Yeah. Like, they had a bunch. That it was always been a hip hop scene here from when I got here. Yeah. It was always doing little like little show like you see little people come out like like different different like uh, older groups like Camp Low this one that one. I met Khalik at a Camp Low show. Okay. Of all of all people. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I'm fresh from New York. I'm, I'm coming here, you know, I took, like, I, we, like we said, the MySpace shit was popping, so, you know, people from the radio was giving me free tickets to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. for me to go anywhere and do anything. Yeah. All I had to do was, like, yo, put, put me put me X amount of tickets at World Call, and they was tripping over themselves to do it. Yeah, but at this time you slowed down though, and then you started getting into the fashion. Yeah, so no, when did that, that start? That came later. So um, I didn't start really getting into fashion crazy until like 2012. Mm. So it was later. Like, I mean, I was saying yeah, you was 04. here for 
Eight years, yeah. Yeah. Like twenty twelve is when I started going crazy. What 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 got you into I, that? Um I just was more liquid. Had a lot of more money at the time. To fucking fuck around, play around. So I I was I was like doing corporate shit, like little jobs and shit, whatever, until probably two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I jump I just jumped back in. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Into the pool, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you know, once I jumped back in the pool, you know, I was just looking for other ways to have other things going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that was the easiest thing to do for me. Like was my my, my natural aptitude to create and, and get you know do stuff to get fresh and all that. So, so hold on. Do you know uh, Pierre Cardin? I, I man, I managed him for a minute. That's a Brody. Yeah, he wild as hell, but that's well, that Brody. Be, he wild. That's a whole other. That's oh a whole God, other. No, like but when I moved out here, that was the dude. first art I did his mixtape. It's a cartoon, like a cartoon, whatever yeah, I did. That's that probably mixtape. before I was managing him. Oh, okay, yeah, because he got a song called Plug City, okay. and that's what I'm. Uh, that's why. I'm, that's why I just did the relationship. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait a minute. No, no, no. That was later than. But yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. All all these different people I've met, you've been in the background. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of times. He's connected. So, so much shit, bro. you at you at two artists right now. Technically, it's a few of us. It's a few of us. Technically, three. So what you trying to what you trying to build? It's just um. Yeah. They're all different artists, and, and I believe in them. Mm-hmm. So we just working. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just got to listen. He's throwing up the rock. I'm, we, we're not, I'm not. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It felt like that, but like I say, I'm letting him say I'm not doing nothing nobody ever did before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing nothing nobody ever did before. I'm doing something different. I got, um, he's an, this guy's an incredible talent next to me, man. Um. And much different from Merkins. Merk is who he is, but he's different, man. So what 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 catches your attention? Man, like when you when you listen to his music and when you listen watch his visuals, you just get pulled in. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just it's a story that easy that's easily connects. Yeah. You listen to like three of his songs, you you understand like you understand what's going on. It's like it's like you watching it's like you watching your favorite series, and you're, and you're just in it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Merck is just so sensational mm-hmm. that he keeps you he keeps you connected that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can hear that like no other fan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So um. But his his shit is just different, man. Mm-hmm. It just pulls you into the story, and the story's dope. You know what I'm saying? It's very relatable for any anybody who ever came up and struggled. Mm-hmm. You know and then who's the third? And the third is is my son. You met him, J A Y. You met him. He came. He was he was with us. Yeah, was, he was sitting right here. Yeah, that's my son. He's a um, he's because I can I compare him if Dr. Dre wrote rhymes. Yeah, that's what he would be. Yeah. Cause he produces, he engineers, he mixes, he raps, he does it all. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, he has an amazing, ridiculous ear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he get it from you? No. 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 He's he's he can play shit. He can play shit by ear, like play the guitar, play the piano by ear. I can't do none of that. Kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. His shit is different. Mm-hmm. He's just he's his own monster. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I just know it makes sense. I'm like more the business analytical person. I'm not a music guy. Mm-hmm. I don't do no music shit. But I know I know you know, I know it sounds good and I know how to accomplish the mission. You know what I'm so saying? So you got any influences? Anybody influencing you, your movement? Anybody you My biggest to? influence business wise, music wise, was Russell Simmons coming up. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of like knowing his family from, from when, we, when I was a kid growing up in Queens. And um, one of my cousins is best friends with with Joe, with Ron. Mm-hmm. And we used to see them from time to time a lot, you know what I'm saying, coming through. And he first started getting big and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. And I always remember Russell was just a monster. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes, talking shit, cursing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just not all the Zen stuff that you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like just a lot of shit talking. Yeah, I hear a lot of stories about how that's not the, that's <laughs> yeah. not the one we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, he was, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of cocaine, a lot of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, had a vision. Started a management company. Started, you know, started, started, and then decided to do a record label. Really killed it, knocked it out the park. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, really paved the way for so much that's happening right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Literally, four generation, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so, um, Big, that's a big, he's a big. To this day, still, like, top, top yeah, of the definitely, yeah. definitely, of all time. Like, yeah. like, he deserves his flowers for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't feel like he gets them like he should. No, nah, he doesn't. It's it's a generation that will speak to that, but it's just that generation don't really speak. You know, it's one of those things you had to be there. Um, it's unfortunate, because like I said, coming up, Def Jam, I wanted a Def Jam jacket. I wanted a Def Jam chain. I wanted a Def Jam everything. Every time those records came and they had just the, I'm but colorblind, honest, but I think it was maroon you? and Def Jam logo, and I was yeah. hyped. Like, who is this? Who is this? To be honest with you, though, if I had to pick a label to get an imprint with, it wouldn't be Def Jam. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Are we, we are we talking about are we talking about that tier of label now? Oh, now. No, no one would go to Def Jam. Or even now. Universal. Fuck Universal, too. I wouldn't go to Universal. You probably, okay, I don't want to say it, but, like, are you, a, no, you Interscope. I knew it. I knew it. I'm glad I thought that. I'm glad I finally said something and beat him to it. Okay, Interscope. Why Interscope? Yeah, man. Because the talent over there. They machine is just different. Yeah. They machine is different. Yep. Over there. Yeah, they I just, agree. Yeah, they. you know, they. it's just different. Yeah. So you um, keep your eye out for stuff like that still to this day. Course. You're looking to see like, okay. Of course. So is a is a goal to get artists signed no, to these labels or no. just stay? The goal is to stay independent. Yeah. Because you know better. 
The goal is to stay independent. The goal is to, you know, grow shit from the ground up. One mm. thing at a time, brick by brick. Mm, but you like endoscopes. Yeah. It, now, if I was going to do it, if I was going to do something with, with somebody, I would I would consider them if they coming right. <sighs> That's good. I mean, as long as you ain't said, Def Jam, I love to the core, but yeah, Def Jam just is, they, that, that, that kind of died out when Jay. They, well, they, you know, they just brought, they just brought somebody in from, um. They brought Eminem's old man, well, No, they brought Peter somebody, Rowe. they brought somebody from TDE over there. Who? I forgot who it was. This had to have been, maybe. Recently, th- yeah, like, weeks. yeah. There's an engineer. So it's Peter. Peter Rosenberg. Yeah, is he still doing it? No. Damn, they got rid of Peter? I, I, they they brought somebody in. They brought somebody else in. President. Um, for president. Manager, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, for they the brought manager. somebody president. They got a new president. Now I'm going to do my research. Now, now I'm interested. But yeah, it's just Def Jam always handpicked yeah. a, a crazy bunch now ever since that Jay situation. Yeah, Jay Z, it was messed up. Yeah. Uh, I was there during the transition when. Uh, yeah, because you're talking Joe Button. Yeah, I was there when L.A. Reid came in. Mm-hmm. And Leo and Kevin left. And L.A. Reid came in for Def Jam. Yep. This is before Jay got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the meeting. I remember when he came in and he called everybody in except for Jay-Z. Everybody that was a signed artist to Def Jam had to come in that day and bring their music. Why not Jay? You just ain't going to talk to Jay like that. Yeah, it was yeah. Jay. You know, Jay's you know, Jay situation is different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um because he wasn't just signed directly to Def Jam either. Mm-hmm. They had a partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a little bit different. But they, it wasn't that the same kind of... Irv didn't do that for uh, Murder, Inc.? No. Well, no? it was... Jay's, Jay's deal with Rockefeller and Irv's deal with Murder, Inc. was, yeah. was structured differently. Yeah. Um, so, I... I, don't get me the line. I don't understand how Irv's deal was. Yeah, and it's it's so I want to dive so much into just like New York music, but we talk about his grind, <laughs> your grind. We're we have to have another conversation because I'm uh, getting so so much of an airfoil from you. Yeah, no, nah, we can talk again. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, I'm just saying like, like I remember Irv when you know he was DJ Irv and he used to DJ at the record mm-hmm. store like, like he was a DJ. And it's only one one person in life that I ever called my big homie. Mm-hmm. And that was also his big homie, Supreme. Mm-hmm. So, um, word. Um, so, we, had, we was connected that way. Supreme yeah. um, was my man, like, like for real, uh, free Supreme. Mm-hmm. Um, like I played on this team. I ended up playing in the EBC, the ruckus, the ruckus shit. Yeah. On on Murder Inc.'s team. Yeah. Because of Prince. Yeah. Not because of Earth. <laughs> but because of Prince. It's so much, Matt. <laughs> it's just, it's just so much. And that go back to the basketball and, shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, you put the ball down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, get into that. Yeah, I, it's just so hard to get into so much. So before M one was a thing, yeah, we was out there doing M one shit. So when they when they clipped off, cause M one volume one was just clips of 
streetball games. Mm -hmm. It wasn't never no, um, it wasn't like and one uniforms or nothing like that. It was clips of just streetball games and it was just streetball. It was showcasing streetball with, with with rap music behind it. Yep. So that's why that's what they ended up doing. And then that first mixtape ended up getting them a check. Mm -hmm. When when they saw it and they saw how big it blew up, it was in every barbershop. It was everywhere. So that's the type of basketball I played. Mm -hmm. Streetball basketball. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and music like, hit you that hard where you was like, I'm good. Yeah, like, no, nah, I still was fucking around with oh, you was? Okay. I was still playing ball. Mm -hmm. But I saw, when I saw what was happening with Joey that fast, mm -hmm. so it, I don't know when this is going to air, but but right now, when we're recording this, it's Joe Biden's birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. Mm -hmm. um, today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's 41. Because he's five years younger than me. Mm -hmm. I'm 46. So I'll never forget. I was going to ask him that too, but you, yeah. see how, you see how I get that? You see how I play yeah. that? Okay. I'm, I'm 46. Yeah. And his older brother and me are the same age. Mm -hmm. And my older brother, rest in peace, is five years older than me. So we're all five years apart. Oh, okay. So it's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I won't forget. Yeah. Listen, so much conversation has just happened. So much more is going to happen. He's probably going to sit in front of me in another interview platform. I don't know where, but we have to continue this conversation. It just can't happen here because we've been we've been we've been chopping it up for a long time. It's a blessing and an honor, though. Like I'm, 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 I, hey, I, I was able to connect with some stuff I remember as a child, growing or a young adult. Um, we'll say, um, but yeah, man, this is my guy Breeze. Man, this is Grind Culture. Anything you got to say? Where to follow you at? Don't follow me. Follow my artists. Follow at Charles Heider. Um, spell that spell that out, Charles Heider. Follow at Merkums um, on all platforms. It's all the same. And peace. The grind. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the hustle. The culture. The business, the budget, the paper, the muscle. The grind. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the hustle. The culture. The business, the budget, the paper, the muscle. The grind. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the hustle. The culture. The business, the budget, the paper, the muscle. The grind. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the hustle. The culture. The business, the budget, the paper, the muscle. Grind culture.